in Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. upstairs it was and even down here and this weekend here on Guernsey it's liberation weekend and as I was standing here and we were singing the songs it was talking about deliverance and being liberated and God wants to liberate you here tonight and just as Georgia shared about the fears and the you know the the abuse and the different things all those kind of things not necessarily some of them um, great or big things, but there can be little things that are holding your life back and restricting you from what God really wants to use you or even your everyday life, you're being restricted with those things. And God wants to liberate you tonight from those things. And when Guernsey was liberated, it was a battle, wasn't it? When people came to liberate this island, it was a battle. It wasn't just easy to take it back, it was a battle. And there's always a battle going on when God wants to liberate you and the enemy wants to keep you where you are Amen, in whatever dear. area on, of your honey. life it is it, he keeps you there and God is saying in a sense he's asking you tonight to let down your defense let down whatever it is that you keep up as a defense maybe it might be um uh, you know, not, might not be aware that you're doing that. But God is saying, just say, I let down the defense and let him come and liberate you tonight in whatever area of your life you need liberation so that you can have freedom. Whether it's even freedom to be able to pray out loud, whether it's even freedom to go and talk to somebody, in some area you need freedom and God wants to liberate you today. Amen. 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 Come on. Preach it there. You can continue. Hallelujah. You could have gone on, honey. Woman in the spirit. Um, when I walked over to Lee, um, he was talking about the two people who were in the race. There was the bottles of water there, there's Jesus there, and everything there you need. But you're shying away from it. You're shying away from it. You are right where the place where God will liberate you tonight. Don't shy away from it. Don't run from it. Don't let your fears hold you in. Those fears have kept you bound for so long. God's will is to liberate you. I make no bones about this. People are telling me, Sister George, you should tell your testimony everywhere to go. My wife is saying, don't go on too much about it, honey. But the last 18 months have been the worst years of my life. I came to a place where after 50 years of preaching the word of God, of total freedom in preaching the word of God, I never knew fear. I never knew what it was to to be depressed. In fact, I very seldom ever had a down day. And you're to get above them. My wife used to say to me, you make me sick. Because even in the midst of problems, I could rejoice. Because I know I read the back of the book and I know who wins. Amen. Come on, I know who wins. So I used to be able to bounce back no matter what's happening. I believed that God was going to get me out of it so I could rejoice anyway. I would say, cut my head off when I smile at you. <laughs> because I know who wins. But 
recently, over the past 18 months, I allowed the enemy room in my life. And he came in, he came in because I was totally exhausted. How do you know when you're exhausted, your defenses are down? Does. And I, when I realized what was happening to me, I, I said, when I realized that this, what had happened to me, was the devil, I said to myself, how did the devil get in? How did the devil manage to get me so that I was so tied up and bound up? And there's a verse of scripture, uh, people kept telling me, George, there's a curse upon you. Somebody put a curse upon you. Now, I don't know if you believe in those sorts of things or not. But tell you what, though, I had to believe it was the devil because I had just received a National Christian Life Award in the Caribbean for years of service and things like that. It was a very prestigious award. And two weeks after that award, a week and a half after that award, I was in Jamaica and I was lying in my bed. Don't know if they're sleeping, but I had a dream. I wouldn't call it a a dream. I'm sure it wasn't just a dream. And someone came into my face and they said this. You will never sleep again as long as you live, you effing bastard. Just like that. I never slept. I never slept. I mean, days and days and days after that, I never slept. And it got so bad. I'm not going to go into detail about it, but I got so bad, folks, that I came back to England. Couldn't wait to come back to England. I went to a tent meeting where a, friend, a son of mine was taking a tent crusade. And when this son in the faith looked at me after the meeting, he said to me, George, what's wrong with you? You look as though you have had ten rounds with Mike Tyson. And you've come up worse. My PA, who had been my PA for about six or seven years, when she saw me across the other side of the fence, of the tent, she came and she began to weep as she walked towards me. She said, George, what's wrong with you? Everybody saw upon my persona something was different. There was something wrong. I knew it. I felt it. People who looked at me said, one woman wrote to me, straight from Blackpool, a very deep spiritual woman, and she wrote to me, she said, George, every time I pray for you, I see your head on a parapet. And I'm saying to myself, Lord, how did that happen? Because your word tells me that the devil, no curse can come upon a child of God except there's a cause. Lord, what's the cause? And I've been searching the archives of my mind, been thinking about any gross sin that I've committed that could have caused this to happen. And the more I thought, was the more confused I got. And the devil got me so mixed up that I didn't know what I did before I was saved or after I was saved. And then he put the boot in. Condemnation came in. How many know God doesn't condemn you? I learned something recently. God doesn't even convict you of sin as a Christian. 
God convicts you of righteousness. He convicts the world of sin. Amen. And the only sin that he convicts the world of is the sin of unbelief. That you won't believe Jesus. But of you, God doesn't convict you of sin. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. Amen. Anytime you feel convicted, and all the time, bringing up your sin and bringing up your sin, bringing up your sin, that's not God. God doesn't even remind you of your sin. He said, I've forgotten them. The devil brings them back to you, and he messes you up. God has got so much grace for you that he hates you to think of sin. This is what the word says. He was made to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When God sees you, he sees the righteousness of God. Amen. Come on, don't look at me so funny. So all this thing you think God is convicting you. No, it's the devil accusing you. God wants to show you that Christ died for your sin. My brother, my brother at the back, can you put that cross back for me? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm wondering, Lord, what sin have I committed? What sin did I commit that, Lord, this is upon me? And I felt abandoned by God. I felt condemned. I felt that I've been disqualified from the ministry. And the devil, all this is saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. And I'm sinking deeper and deeper into depression and into despair and into hopelessness. I thought at one stage I'd lost my salvation. I was finished forever. And I was living under that cloud. I never smiled for months. My poor wife lived in hell because of me. I tell people, I've always loved my wife. We've been married 46 years, and I love her more now than I ever did. What this lady put up with, you never put up with. I got suicidal. I even used filthy language and swore. I believe in telling it how it is. If you're offended at that, take it. So, I wondered, Lord, why? Why? Why was this happening to me? What sin have I committed? Then the Lord reminded me. He said, son, because the devil got in because you disobeyed God and you didn't rest. God has given us six days to work in. You hear me? God has made us a six-day week worker. Anything outside of that is disobedience. They told me some years ago that in Sweden, they tried to do a ten-day week. (laughs) And they nearly killed the people. Why do you think God made the night... Darkness is for sleep. Amen. And rest. He made the human body. He designed it to have rest. 
But one thing I learned from my thing, from my sickness over the last 18 months, was that my brain was an organ. <laughs> Amen, sister? Oh, is that something, that, is that something that, that's abstract enough? No organ. Your brain is an organ. It works. And it needs rest as well. Amen. In fact, when I came back and wasn't sleeping, I went to the doctor. And the doctor said to me, when I told him I hadn't slept for about how many weeks and days, he said to me, he said, Mr. Miller, we've got to get you sleeping. Because if you don't, your organs will wear out. Because sleep had to replenish. But I realized it wasn't any gross sin that I've committed. I just didn't obey God. And the devil saw his chance. And he got in. And he messed me up. When I tell you, he messed me up. Good and proper messed me up. If you saw me eight weeks ago, I was messed up still. And I've been like that. For 18 months. I got a little bit better. And I started to work again. And I went downhill again. But I'm telling you now. I'm standing here before you. And saying that Jesus Christ. Is the great liberator. Hallelujah. I'm standing here today. Because Jesus set me free. I went to my doctor recently. Again. And he said to me. Mr. Miller. When I walked into his surgery. He looked at me and says. Your own, your whole persona is different. What's wrong? What, what's right about you now? <laughs> your whole persona is different. He said, Mr. Miller, what do you put it all down to? <laughs> I wanted to witness to that doctor for years. <laughs> now came the chance. How? So I said, Doctor, I'm going to give you one. I, when I went and he wanted to put me on tablets... I said, I don't want to go on tablets. Tablet, no, 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 tablets and me are not friends at all. But somebody lent me a book about burnout. An American pastor who suffered with burnout. And we went to the doctor, and he had to have a certain amount of tablets before he could get better. Said, oh, God, I don't want these. Would you believe when I went to my doctor, it's the same prescription, same tablets that he wanted to give me. In the end... Because of my jolly sister, who's in, who in the medical profession, come on, she said, George, if you had a broken leg and the pain were there, you would take a tablet. <laughs> but because it's something you don't see, you need to take a tablet. Obey the jolly doctor and take the tablet. <laughs> so I succumbed and took the tablet. Um, so I said to the doctor, I said to him, sir, I agree. I think some of it is the tablet. I believe some of it is the rest. He put me in six months rest. The moment he saw me, six months off. Then I said to him, more than that, doctor, it was God. He didn't say God who. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody said God who. No, God. I said to him, sir, I went to church because I was feeling abandoned by God. I felt that I was disqualified from serving God. And I went to church one day, feeling so depressed 
Because I didn't go, I didn't go for months. I didn't go to church. Didn't want to go. And I went this day because my friend had come to be the new pastor of our church. And I went there and he preached on Christ has qualified you. Be partakers of the saints in light. And when he said that, my spirit caught fire. You know, truth cancels out lies. Amen, amen. You shall know the truth. You shall know the what? Truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. The truth set me free that day, doctor. And that's why I'm here today rejoicing in the goodness of God. So, hallelujah. I'm sorry if I'm happy. You can be sad. You can be miserable. You can look as though you come from Guernsey, if you like. You can. <laughs> you can. But I will rejoice. Because today I'm set free. And I'm rejoicing in the goodness of God. Oh, hallelujah. Just a commercial. Commercial. Book. 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 Read the book. You like that guy in the front? This book is called Black to White and Back, which is the story of my ministry as a black preacher from Jamaica ministering to honkies, white folk, all over, all over the country, many different parts of the world. I'm politically correct, aren't I? Take me to the Race Relations Board. I'm not saying that. But listen, you can call me black if you like. I don't care. Call me black if you like. I don't care. But listen. This is, is a story of my journey and how God has taken me up and used me and how I believe God is going to use even more. I'm going to say to you, let you little secret, you're going to see a lot more African, Caribbean, Indians, people become pastors in this country over the next few years. And when they come to you, don't throw them away. You know what they are? They're the seeds or the fruit of the seed that many of the white missionaries who went to our country planted. Amen. And now they're coming back. Because just like we needed that gospel then, Britain needs that gospel today. And we are part of that army. We shall break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. So, read about my story. Some good pictures in here. There's some pictures about um, even the Guernsey in here. There's one of Gareth. Amen, Wendy. I think you are in here too. I didn't ask your permission either. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, get a book. There are five or each, and they'll bless you. I just told the people this morning that we have 19 grandchildren. I didn't say nine. I said 19 grandchildren. And um, some of them, I think some of them are in here. So get a copy. It's only a fiver. The Lord bless you. I don't want to take any back with me. I want to take some flowers back. <laughs> okay, turn your Bibles with me to Acts. Acts of the Apostles. Break every chain. Oh, I got that one. I never heard that song before. It's a good one. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. 
Good to see some of you I've known for many years. And it's good to recognize your faces. Some of you, I don't really recognize your name so much, but I know your face. And I can smile at you. When I smile at you, it means I recognize you. You haven't got any older. <laughs> Acts chapter 14. Look down at verse 8. Um, from verse 42 onwards um, of chapter 13, the blessing of God, blessings and conflict at Antioch. Disciples are going out and the Paul and Silas are going out preaching. They're seeing wonderful things happen. But at the same time, there is turmoil, there is upset. The people stoning them, people did all sorts of them, but there was great joy in the city and Holy Ghost moving and things happening. Let me tell you something. When you think about the things of God, never think about blessing without conflict. Never think of blessing without conflict. You, you are in a warfare. The devil is always getting at you. Even though God is blessing you, the devil is still messing. So don't worry about it. It's all here. Verse 8 says of chapter 14. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. He had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed said unto him in a loud voice stand up straight on your feet and he leaped and walked hallelujah when the people saw what Paul had done they raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language this this, the gods have come down in the likeness of men. But Barnabas and pa Barnabas, they called Zenos and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zenos, when the temple, whose temple was in front of the city, brought out oxen and garland and garland threatening, intending to make sacrifice with the multitude. When the apostle Barnabas and Saul heard this, they tore their clothes and running among the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why do you do these things? We are men with the same nature as you, or like patterns like you, who preach that you should turn from these things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that in them is. And talk about the generation. I'm not going to go into that. Um, this picture before you is a picture of the cross of Jesus. And there Jesus hanging a bloody mess on the cross. I want to keep that seed in front of you. For far too often... We've got a God and a godless 
and a bloodless gospel. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, is what cleanses you from all sin. The devil hates the blood. He hates us bringing up a cross. He wants to preach without a cross. Let me tell you, there is no gospel without the cross. Anybody who brings a gospel and they got the cross and they got the cross of Jesus. He doesn't got the blood of Jesus. It's no gospel at all. Paul says, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Open your eyes and look at the cross with me. Everything that you need is wrapped up in that cross. Every blessing that comes from heaven is wrapped up in that cross. Everything. Everything. Your healing is wrapped up in the cross. Your salvation is wrapped up in the cross. Your coming to God is wrapped up in the cross. It's all about Jesus. From beginning to end, it's Jesus. For a couple of minutes right now, I'm going to just share something with you. I'm not going to keep you long. It's Sunday night and it's warm. Hallelujah. And I know Guernsey congregation. I know you get tired quickly. <laughs> Can't listen for too long. I know that. Just like most of the congregations in Britain. Listen, folks. Elim used to believe in something we used to call the four square gospel. Anybody can say amen? Elim used to believe in that. And that was the pillar of our movement. Four square. What does it mean? It meant, first of all, Jesus the what? See if you remember, Jesus the what? Savior. The angel said to Mary, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus dying on the cross. That's how he saved you from your sin. You should have been nailed there. But instead of you being nailed there, God nailed your sin there. Christ became sin for you. Who knew no sin. That you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. What a wonderful exchange. eh? Come on. Come on. Jesus takes my sin and he gives me his righteousness. You search any religion, you'll never find that. You know why I know I'm saved? Why I'm sure I'm going to heaven? I'm absolutely cock certain I'm going to heaven. Certain, certain, certain. Because, sir, it's not got anything to do with me. Your salvation has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Jesus. I said this morning, and I'm saying it again, because Christians and people haven't learned it. And I'm going to go back to the Old Testament and give the illustration, and I'll be using this time and time again, honey, 
When you go and you hear me say it again, don't say, don't say that again, sweetheart. I tell it again. When the father or the head of a family brought the sacrifice to the priest which he would offer for his own sin and for the sin of his family. Amen? And he brought the sacrifice to the priest. From the moment he placed the lamb, some cases it was a chicken, depends on whether you could afford it or not. But from the moment he placed that sacrifice in the hand of the priest, the moment he gives it to the priest, the priest is no longer interested in the man. What's he interested in? The lamb. Is it without spot? Is it clean? Is it the right sacrifice? Is it without blemish? And as long as the lamb was spotless, and without blemish, the man knew that his sins would have been forgiven. Amen? So when God took Jesus, watch me, when God took Jesus, when he nailed him to the cross, there is your sin, there is your sacrifice, there is that sacrifice, Good Friday is there, he's lying there, an awful mess. What's he doing there? He's carrying your sin. And he's bearing my sin. And on the third day, how do I know God accepted his sacrifice? If there was no resurrection, there'd be no, there'd be no, there'd be no forgiveness of sin. If Christ be not risen, your faith is vain and you are still in your sin. But now is Christ risen. Amen. You become the first fruit of them that slept. The resurrection says, my sins are forgiven. The resurrection says, God has accepted the sacrifice, and whosoever believes in him should never perish but have life. Hallelujah. Excited, folks. So, no matter what you've done, you might be a, one of the worst person. You might, commit all the ten, you might have committed all the Ten Commandments. You might be the worst layabout. You might have turned your back upon God. You might have insulted God. You might beat your wife. You might starve your children. You might do all sorts of things. But whoever you are, the moment you get cued into Jesus and ask his forgiveness, that moment every sin is, is forgiven and God gives you a clean slate. Hallelujah. Done and dusted. And you start anew with God. And he said, you'll never perish. You'll never be in hell. But you'll have everlasting life. Lee, God has made you an evangelist. Because you stood that day on that knife's edge. And you see both places. You saw hell and you saw heaven. And you had to make a choice. That's why when you preach the gospel... You always preach about hell and heaven and never stop it. Don't care who don't like it. <laughs> I don't care whether you like me or not. I preach the word. So, he died there. Salvation is in there. It's all in the Lamb. Amen. Go on. Say with me, it's all in the Lamb. 
Oh, here you didn't say it right. It's all in the Lamb. It's all in the Lamb. Hallelujah. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It's all in the Lamb. It's not in the man. It's in the Lamb. So Jesus, Savior, who shall believe, should never perish but have life. The second thing we find, Jesus, the healer. All through the New Testament, you find Jesus healing the sick. He almost never went anywhere without healing the sick. I no longer guess about healing. I no longer have any doubts about the power of Jesus to heal. I've seen literally hundreds of people healed by the power of Jesus of all types of illnesses and diseases. And I know that Jesus Christ rose again and is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The disciples of Jesus, this was Saul, Paul, and Barnabas, left Antioch, and they were traveling, and they were preaching the gospel. And Paul was a great preacher. Hallelujah. Every preach, he preached Jesus. He had nothing else to preach. Amen. Come on. But Jesus. And I've got nothing else to preach but Jesus. And he went and he preached Jesus. And he went to the synagogues and he preached Jesus. And when he preached, the Jews believed. Some of them believed. Some of the Gentiles believed. Amen. Come on. Thank you that God is interested in Jew and Gentile. Then he came to this place here. And he saw this man. And he began to preach. And as Paul began to preach, let me tell you this. As Paul began to preach, he doesn't tell you how long he was preaching. But he says, he looked at a man in the congregation. Who had, he was lame in both feet. He had never walked. And Paul looked at him. And when Paul looked intently. Now sometimes I gaze at people. You want to give me why I'm gazing at you. I'm looking for something. And Paul looked at him. And when Paul looked at him. He saw what he wanted to see. He saw faith. How many of you know. That Jesus is always looking for faith in people. Amen. Come on. Oh, looking for faith. You know the story of the healing of the woman, the Saprophoenician woman? When um, she came to Jesus and Jesus said to her, Woman, it's not right to take the children's bread and give to dogs. Remember that? And she's like everything she takes, she said to Jesus, He gave her a. Uh, 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 like I want to repel her. No, listen up, woman. Don't follow me. And he's putting her off. He wasn't putting her off. He was mining for faith. He was bringing her faith to the surface. And when she said, Truth, Lord, but the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table, Jesus said, Woman, you have great faith. Be done to you. As you have believed. Hallelujah. He's mining for faith. 
me tell you one reason why I preach the gospel. And I preach it to congregations all the time. Sometimes I go longer than I should, which is not often. <laughs> but the reason for doing it is twofold. I preach the gospel because I impart truth unto you. And the gospel is truth. Amen. Thy word is what? Truth. The second reason I preach the gospel and preach the word to you is to build faith into you. Amen? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So the more you hear the word of God, the more faith comes. Why you need faith? Because everything you get from God, you get it by faith. If you need salvation tonight, sir, you're warm. I'm going to finish. Salvation by faith is by faith. You need to be healed tonight. It's by faith in Jesus. So you're going to use your faith to pull things from God to you. God lives on Faith Avenue. Amen? Amen. That's where he lives. That's where he lives. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe he is that he rewards those who seek him. Lastly, or thirdly, I many believe Jesus is the Savior, he's the healer, he's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Ah, oh, God. Every Christian needs to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues and worship God in the Spirit. Until you do that, you're not in the fullness of God. And you people who don't want to speak in tongues, you don't know what you're missing. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. And those of you who speak in tongues, you speak once every year. <laughs> you're a nut. God wants you speaking in tongues. Daily, hourly, minutely. When you speak in tongues, you never miss the, bar- you never miss the, bar- the target. When you pray in the Spirit, you never miss out because you get it exactly right. Remember one day, um, I, I, two young, one pastor was going to get some, 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 um, some carpet. He had a big warehouse and he, he just bought this warehouse. They're going to keep searching it. And he went to the, to the carpet dealer to get carpet, to, to carpet the whole of this thing. But before he went, big place, before he went, the Lord said to him, call your friend so-and-so and take him with you to the carpet factory. <laughs> so, he called his friend, he took him to the carpet factory, and he told him, you just stay here and wait, and if the Lord moves you, pray. And he went in to see the guy to make the sale. And he wanted loads of carpet that was going to cost loads of money. And this pastor is in the room, in the office, negotiating the sale, negotiating the sale. And his young pastor, the other pastor out there felt, he felt like a spare part. He said, Lord, what do I do? The Lord says, just pray in tongues. Pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. And they're negotiating, and he's praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. 
He looked up through the window and he saw the man selling the carpet doing that. You know what he was doing? He was saying, Pastor, I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I feel the Lord, is, somebody's telling me, something is telling me, I said, Lord, something is telling me to give you the carpet. He said, I'm going to take my friend to pray. Because while he was praying, he was praying in the spirit, he was praying that God would move upon this man to get the carpet free. Listen, speaking in tongues is wonderful. You don't know how many things you have warded off by speaking in tongues. You don't know how many deliverance has happened. You don't know how many angelic visitation has happened because you spoke in tongues. Jesus is a baptizer. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, get filled. And if you get filled, and you haven't spoken for a long time, get speaking again. And get filled and get used. You've got, God is going to use it to break chains. You're going to break chains. You've got to know how to speak in the Spirit. And last thing, He's the coming King. Amen, amen, amen. You ever looked upon the world and think what a mess we're in? Come on, come on, come on. It's alright, dear. My wife still does some of that. He said, listen, you want to know, you want to know why on earth, what's happening to our world? What a mess, what a mess our world is in. One of us all going, bombs everywhere, bomb blasts all over the place, killing of people. Lord, this world is in a mess. I'm going to commit to you so and get out of it. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. God is still working to a plan. And his plan is Jesus. Hallelujah. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. This Jesus who went to that cross and suffered and bled and died like that came back to life. He's ascended to heaven and he's in the glory. And he's coming back to earth. Hallelujah. They tell you he's coming back sooner than you think. Everything that happens in the world, things are getting heated. The second coming of Christ is no nearer than it's ever been. It's time for you to wake up and be sober. And look to Jesus. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And glory to God. When he comes, I shall be caught up to meet him. Amen. Out of this messy world. Amen. I'm going upstairs. <laughs> and when I pass the gospel, I go, Godfrey. We're going up. Hallelujah. Come on, people. This is, not, this is not rubbish. This is truth. Christ is coming, and we shall rise to meet him, and we shall be in heaven with him forever and ever. That's hope, isn't it? Come on. That's the real hope of the church. Things don't get worse. They get better for the believer. Bow your head with me. Father, I thank you. For all these great people that are here tonight, I bless you because you are great and great to be praised. And your name is wonderful. You are Father and you are mighty. I ask now that by your Holy Spirit you will draw people to you, those who don't know you, 
draw them to you. Let them see that you're a God who saves from sin, from hell, from Satan. And Lord, bring them to life. Lord, heal the sick tonight. Deliver the captives tonight. Lord, give hope to those who are hopeless. In the name of Jesus. While everybody's in prayer, I do this everywhere I go. I'm an evangelist. And the Holy Spirit of God is right here. And he's telling you that you need Jesus. If you're not a Christian, you don't have your sins forgiven, you don't know peace with God, you're not sure you're going to heaven when you die, you're not sure you have fellowship with God, Christ has died that you might be forgiven. And all you've got to do is to be willing to say, God, I'm sorry for my sins, but I believe you died for me and rose again. Save me, Lord. If you want that, just where you're sitting right now, just slip your hand in there and put it down again if you want to be saved. And I'll pray for you and God will save you tonight. God bless you, dear. Anybody else? Spirit of God is upon you. You want to be saved. You want to have your sins forgiven. You want to know peace with God. Is there anybody else? I'm going to prolong this. Is there anybody else? This is your night. The young lady God is talking to you. Put your hand up. Don't be shy or ashamed. I had to do it and it's changed my life. If you do it, it will change yours too. Anybody else? The Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. That person who put your hand up just now, I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me. Say it out loud. And the rest of the Christians are going to say it with you out loud. If you didn't put your hand up but you wanted to, say this prayer with me out loud. Father God, I come to you today admitting that I'm a sinner. But I believe Jesus died for me on the cross and rose again. Today, I turn from my sin and I receive Jesus as my own Savior and I now confess Him as my Lord. Come into my life, Lord, and change me. And help me to follow you in the fellowship of your church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at Delancey.